You're listening to the Habitology Podcast with Melanie White, and today I want to talk about changing your beliefs about money. Have you ever wondered why you can't seem to earn more than $50,000 a year, or do you wish that you could find a way to earn enough money someday, somehow? I'm not sure if you've noticed, but our society places a strong focus on money and the perceived benefits that it gives us. And we've all been socialised to adopt certain beliefs and judgments about money and how much people have and what those people are like. Think about your own judgments about people who don't have much money or who have a lot of money. What pops into your head when you see those people in your everyday life? Well, today I want to invite you to blow all of the BS out of your paradigm so that you can get on with creating the money that you want in your life. And when I say that, I mean how much you want and what you earn is 100% up to you. I'm not talking about you creating a six-figure lifestyle or anything like that. I'm just saying that maybe what you want is to create $25,000 a year and that's enough. Or maybe what you want to create is $200,000 a year and that's enough. Be clear that whatever your situation, the most important thing is that you feel confident and capable of creating exactly what you need and that you can enjoy the experience of money regardless of how much you make or don't make. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to start by exploring with you how to start changing your beliefs about money so that you can develop a healthier relationship with it and to start giving and receiving in a more balanced and healthy way. First, let's consider what defines your experience with money and then we'll look at your values around money, some examples of beliefs that might be preventing you from earning what you're worth and finally, a simple method to shift your beliefs. Let's start with your experience and I put the question to you, what do you think defines your experience with money? Have you ever wondered how some people can be thoroughly content and happy even when they have very little money? Or why others who seem to have all the money in the world are stressed and miserable? What do you think defines their experience with money? One thing's for sure. Money can't buy happiness, but it doesn't stop us from having a fixation about how much we make, how hard it is to create money, whether we have enough or whether we want more. What's clear to me is that it's what we think about money that is the real issue. And I think it's so interesting that money in itself is a benign object. I mean, it's just paper and metal, right? In the examples I've just given you, though, it's pretty clear that what we believe about money are the things that affect the value that we place on it and therefore how we experience money and how happy we are. Remember that a belief is a statement that you tell yourself repeatedly until you're convinced of it. So if you have a certain belief about money and a mantra that you repeat regularly, then it will shape the actions that you take and the results that you get. Your beliefs are what defines your experience with money. Your beliefs are what need to change if you want to earn more. And the beliefs you have right now are often shaped by your longer standing beliefs, which are known as values. So let's talk about values around spending money. Think for a moment in the context of spending money and what something is worth to you before you spend. Let's say that you're in a shop and you see a shirt that you like the look of. You check the price tag and it's $100 for that shirt 
and you make an instant value judgment on whether that shirt is worth it or not for you. If you say to yourself, whoa, that's too expensive, I'm not paying 100 bucks for that shirt, then you're going to feel disinterested and walk away and will not buy the shirt. But what if you had a different belief? What if you felt that looking good and dressing smartly could make or break your business because it affected people's perception of you? In that case, a $100 shirt would be a no-brainer for you. And so what we're looking at here is not what the item costs, but the perceived value attached to it. I believe that our personal values have a really strong influence on our relationship with money. Here are some examples of how that might play out. If community and fairness were super strong values for you, then you might have no hesitation sponsoring a child in a third world country, for example. To you, this might be a really important contribution that you want to make. Or if health and well-being values were really high in the priority list for you, then you might want to have the best dentist, the best specialist and the best doctor working with you and you might go to regular appointments and checkups with these professionals because you're being proactive about your health. After all, it's one of your top values. And on another example, if wealth and security are strong values for you, then you might live very frugally and work hard to earn more income and that might be the mainstay of how you spend your time and energy. So thinking in that context, what we value and believe has a massive influence on how we spend money, but also on how we make it. So let's talk about that next. Let's talk about receiving money and the values that you might have when you put yourself on the receiving end. And this is a slightly different kettle of fish. Have a think about some different situations where you might receive money and how you might feel in each of them. Firstly, imagine that somebody has just given you a pile of money. Let's say it was an inheritance or perhaps you had a prize winning. How would you feel about receiving money in that situation? And then on the next level up, what if you were given money as a salary in exchange for work that you did for an employer? How do you feel about what you earn in your job? And then on another level, what if the money came to you, money that you earn, as a result of a service that you personally delivered to someone in your own business? Or what if money came from something that you created, like music or an artwork? You'll probably notice as I go through these examples that the method of earning becomes more and more personal. And for some of you listening to this, you might have started feeling more and more squeamish as I progressed through the lists of different ways of making money. And to me, that simply illustrates that just like spending money, receiving money has its own set of values and emotions associated with it. I would guess that if you place a higher value on yourself or the work that you do, then you'll find it easier to receive money. And on the other hand, if you find it hard to see the value in yourself or what you do, then you'll find it harder to receive money. Whether or not you're aware of your thoughts and beliefs about money, you can look to your body for clues about what's going on in your brain. When I work with businesses around setting prices, I often ask them to start with their physical reactions to their own pricing to help them to get it right. It's a little bit like the three bears and the porridge. If your pricing is too high, then you're going to feel squeamish and uncomfortable and it will be very difficult for you to ask potential customers for the money and it will impact your sales process. 
On the other hand, if your pricing is too low, you may feel resentful and frustrated. Your attention to detail and your ability to deliver value to your clients might suffer and that would impact your customer experience and therefore your sales process. It's a really simple way to work out how you feel about giving or receiving money. Even if you're not aware of your thoughts, you can tap into what your body's telling you and what sort of visceral reaction you have to the concepts of giving or receiving money. The values or long-held beliefs you have strongly influence what you believe right now about money, and they form your starting position, if you like. You tend to build your current beliefs around what what has happened for you in the past, because that's the evidence you've collected until now. If you're not sure about your personal character strengths and how they might influence what you're earning or what you're paying, then you could could complete the VIA character strengths test, work out your top five signature strengths, and then reflect on how each of those might influence your beliefs around spending and earning. So values being the longer-term position that we have based on what's happened in our past, let's talk about what's happening now and the beliefs that you have now around money. Remember that a belief is just a sentence that you've said to yourself repeatedly and you've convinced yourself is true. What you believe about money and your relationship with it is actually the key to unlocking wealth. And I mean that in the sense that you might want to create, as I said earlier, $25,000 a year or $200,000 a year. Whatever wealth means to you and the money part of wealth, that's what we're talking about here. My first real exposure to the range of money beliefs that's out there was in the 90s and early noughties when I was the GM and director of a consulting company. Our company paid staff slightly above market rates. We had plenty of employee flexibility, benefits, shareholding opportunities, earning opportunities and a bonus system. So I think we dealt with people and provided plenty of money opportunities in a fairly fair equitable and reasonable way. We had performance reviews for our 40 staff around every six months and our staff self-rated performance, professional development, and we talked about progression in their careers and salary and all those sorts of things. So it was interesting to see the different beliefs and perspectives in terms of both the value that people thought they brought to the company plus what they thought they were worth in a salary. It was a really interesting time for me. And I was curious about how some staff members could walk in very confident that they were totally deserving of a pay rise and others were flustered and anxious and feeling they weren't worth a pay rise. They thought they would have to work harder. That's what they made it mean. They thought, gee, if I get a pay rise, I'm going to have to work harder. I'm going to have to know more. I'm going to have to be better than I am. I'm going to have to stay back on weekends to be good enough to earn that much money. It was a totally opposite position. And I was so fascinated at how two sets of people, with all with really strong work ethics around a good performance, could have such different beliefs about what they were worth as a salary. One person actually once came to me and said they didn't want their pay rise. They wanted a pay cut because they felt they weren't worth it. Isn't that interesting? And we rewarded people for their ability to build teams, to deliver exceptional service to clients, 
all of which brought integrity and reputation and greater earning capacity to our business as a whole. But some people saw it as something else. They took it more personally and they made it about them. So what does that tell you about money beliefs? Let's talk first about limiting beliefs about money and then affirming beliefs about money, just so that you're clear on the difference. There are some limiting beliefs about money that hold people back from earning what they're worth or creating the wealth that they want that could be either in a job or in a business. And they're unconscious statements that come up automatically or maybe conscious things that you think. So have a listen to these and see if any of them are familiar to you. I'm not good enough. I'm not worth that much. I don't deserve it. People will know I'm an imposter. I'll have to work hard if I want to earn that much money. I'll have to give up my personal life for that. People won't pay that. People will think I'm greedy. People will compare me with that other person or that other business and they're better than me. I can't afford it. I can't earn any more. I'm at capacity. I need someone to support me financially. I can't do it on my own. It'll raise the bar and then I'll have to maintain that. Are any of those familiar to you? A few of those have come up for me in my life and I have to say that it wasn't until I really worked through what those beliefs were and how, what I was making them mean and how I was creating those that I was able to move past them. Those sorts of thinking patterns keep you in a lack mentality and in what I call a pattern of pursuit. And what I mean by that is maybe you want to earn more, but you're stuck in this I'm not good enough or I can't do that or I'm not capable mentality. So you just keep working harder and harder, doing the same things over and over again, afraid of taking a risk or challenging your beliefs. But because you're doing the same thing over and over, you're not actually reaching the outcome that you want. As they say, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result. And it's definitely true when it comes to money beliefs. Here's another one that I see a lot in business owners. It's one of my favourites and I've come across this as a customer. I've gone into different businesses, small businesses to buy something and I've asked quite innocently what the price is because you want to know what a price of something is before you pay it, right? And they'll tell you the price and then they'll say, oh, I'm not doing this to make money, you know. (laughs) What? That's my immediate reaction. I'm thinking, well, what are you, a charity shop? I have to call that out. It's total BS. The reason you run a business is to earn money. Yes, you want to help people. Yes, you want to give yourself a job and you you want to provide value to the world. But you're there to earn an income. So to say, I'm not doing this to make money is a really odd thing for someone in business to say. And it's definitely not a healthy belief to have about money. I know so many people that run businesses and don't make any money or who just break even because they're not in it to make money. What would that belief do to your business? Well, all that aside, let's talk about some more affirming beliefs about money. What would you need to believe in order to create more money? Here are some more affirming beliefs. I love money. There are lots of ways I can make money. I'm learning to manage my money better. 
Money's paid when I offer value. I'm worth it. I can learn skills that will add value to what I offer. I'm good enough. What I do truly helps people. Money is just a numbers game. Money makes it possible to help more people. Money is not about me. It's so interesting to hear what these values do and to see what they do, I should say, in the real world. I know somebody that's gone from broke to millionaire a couple of times in their life and it's interesting to hear the two beliefs that this person has about money. I've heard her say with confidence, making money is so easy. Anybody can make money and lots of it. She's totally confident around that and she has made lots of money. And then on the flip side, she also says, I'm not very good at managing money. (laughs) Can you see how those two beliefs link to the results of going from broke to millionaire and back as she has done? She's always on the move, bringing her products into the world, doing research, investing in her ideas. She knows that what she does helps people, that it'll be easy to sell, and she's proven herself right on all of those things. But when business has gone wrong, it's been nothing to do with being, with what she's selling and everything to do about the management of money. So let's talk about changing beliefs about money. If you want to create more money, you'll need to start changing what you think about it. You can look at the four levels of money, which is in podcast 41, if you want to have a listen to that one. And that's talking about it from a logical perspective, a planning perspective, where you can get a handle on how to tweak your personal financial situation to make more money. But also look at all of the things that you're saying to yourself, because you're going to probably need to rewire some of those mantras. And the easiest way to do this is using a three-step process. Number one, you can journal an experience that you have around money every day. Just write a couple of paragraphs describing what happened in this experience of spending money or asking for money. One of those sorts of things that comes up for you in any given day. Then when you've done that, have a look at what you've written. See if you can identify any limiting beliefs that have come up around the experience. For example, I can't afford that or I felt like I couldn't ask my customer for that money. Whatever it is that you've noticed in your initial journaling dialogue, pick up that limiting belief. And then thirdly, you can challenge and question that belief and rewrite them in a more factual way. So if you were writing down something like, I didn't feel that what I was selling was worth that much money, you could rewrite that as something like, I noticed I was struggling with the price that I had set. So it's a less emotional and a more factual way of rewriting that. It's really important that what you do is write it down by hand because it makes it quicker and easier for your brain to see what you want and to plug that into your reticular activating system, which is your brain's GPS. And it's essential that you truly believe the statements that you've rewritten, otherwise you won't take them on. So in the example I just gave, sometimes it's easier just to observe the way you are feeling rather than to try and make a don't worry, be happy kind of statement. That's not believable. Doing this journaling exercise 
writing, uh, journaling each day about money or an experience around money, then writing down the limiting belief and then challenging belief and writing a more factual statement. Doing that every day will subtly shift your perspective over time and it'll open up new opportunities to create wealth. Just like brushing your teeth, the rewards are not immediate and obvious, but over time they will have a massive impact on what you think, feel, act and achieve. That's it from me for today. Thanks for listening and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode.